Penn State Conversations is a podcast produced by the Donald P. Bellisario College of Communications. Episode topics range from the people, programs, and events that shape the Bellisario College to discussing key aspects of life in the professional world for young and upcoming communications alumni. Please enjoy this episode of Penn State Conversations. Welcome to this week's episode of the Belisario College of Com Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Katie DeFiori. For this episode, I spoke with Dave Leopold. He graduated from Penn State with a degree in film video in 2001. Now, Dave is the Senior Director of Content Production Technologies at Viacom. So Dave came and spoke in the Foster Auditorium this semester about using immersive reality as a form of storytelling. In this episode, I dive into that topic a little further with Dave, discussing what the future of technologies such as virtual reality and augmented reality could hold for the journalism industry. This is your insider look into everything Belisario. What I do is I used to be an editor, uh, making all sorts of shows and short form content. And now I work in an emerging technologies department, and I try to figure out better ways to use the tools that we have at our disposal creatively. I try to find new ways to streamline the creative process. So I test out new tools. I figure out better ways of teaching the tools. Sometimes I develop my own ways of doing things, and I try and get that in the hands of all our creatives so that they spend more time being creative and less time going through monotonous work. Cool. So I'm super interested in the the virtual reality aspect of what you do, what you're experimenting with. I'm, yeah. I'm in the virtual reality journalism class right now, and it just blows my mind that this is something that we can even do and incorporate into our storytelling. Like, yeah. I can't even imagine what it looks like right now. What does what does using VR in journalism look like for you? I, I think that the fact that you're questioning it means that you're in the right place. Right. Um, it's it's very new. It, you know, it, virtual reality and immersive experience is so much in its infancy that we don't really know where where it's going or what to expect from it. It's going somewhere. We're, we're going to see it. But um, I think that Right now is a time of experimentation where instead of us trying to create the perfect virtual experience or immersive experience, I think right now is the time to just sort of figure out what we want to do with it. There's no right or wrong, and I know that that's sort of an old trope that there's no wrong answer, but um, there really isn't right now. There's things that you might do that are really compelling that you could stumble upon there's things that other things that you may try that are incredibly jarring and will completely turn off an audience and so you know you need to make note of that too and and try not to do that but i think it's it's going to be a lot of fun to see over the next few years especially how the format starts to really emerge as its own yeah, so do you have any predictions of what that could look like or maybe maybe what you'd want it to look like in the next five, five to ten years? I think one of the interesting things is it can be used for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether people are, are trying to tell a story and do some sort of narrative experience, whether it's just the experience, like being at a concert or, you know, suddenly you're underwater and the sharks are swimming around you. Those are cool, but then there's the educational aspect of it. 
of using augmented reality to get a better look at engineering machinery that is large and, and uh, you wouldn't necessarily be able to see in person unless you travel to it or being able to pull pieces apart with 3D models and see it in that augmented, you know, 3D augmented space. There's so many things that you can do with it. As far as what I think it's going to look like, I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think I think the... The one part I'm confident about is that it's not going to take the form of what we're seeing today. Mm. I think right now, especially in the narrative or journalism sector, I think we rely very heavily on rules and conventions that were set up for film and video, you know, more conventional, two-dimensional storytelling. And so I think that we're, we're working very hard to transplant those, those tactics into a new format that aren't necessarily built for that. Mm -hmm. And part of it is that it's so expansive that it can do far more than we can do in a conventional space. But part, the other part is that there's certain things that we can do in the conventional space that just aren't going to work in in a 360 environment. Right. So you're saying there's going to be, or we're going to have to come up with new tactics for how to best handle this new medium? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, part of it is going to be how do we move from one place to another? Are we fixated on being interactive? Because once, once you say yes, then we're sort of putting ourselves against a wall where we have to then implement some sort of programming and coding and use programs like Unity to make things interactive or web VR. But what can be done just in a straight 360 environment? Is it going to be stereoscopic? Is it going to be two-dimensional? Two Are we limited to three degrees of freedom, which is, you know, being able to look up, down, left, right, and, and spin around? Or are we able to start doing six degrees of freedom where you can sort of crane your neck around something and see what's behind it. Mm -hmm. And so the, the developers are finding better and faster and more accessible ways of achieving those things. But for the time being, we're still fairly limited by the technology. And it's, it's hard to let our creativity get beyond our technological capabilities at this moment because you just want to, you want to do it. And if you can't do it right now and you need to pull back on your creativity, the hope is that when the technology can do it, that that creative spark hasn't gone away. Interesting. You, you mentioned before the word interactivity, um, the interactivity of virtual reality. That's a big word that I'm interested in right now. And I'm just wondering how, how especially in journalism, how are people going to perceive our credibility if there's this interactivity aspect added into it? Because the mass media already isn't doing great right now as far as how the American public perceives our, perceives our credibility. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know if it necessarily affects credibility. I think it's more that, you know, when I look at immersive experiences, one of the challenges that, that I always face is just knowing that every single person is going to have their own unique experience. And so it's, it's very hard as a content creator 
as a storyteller to figure out how you want to tell the story and still give up some control to the viewer. Mm -hmm. So what I think interactivity allows is for the viewer, the audience, to get more involved in how they want the story to play out. From a journalistic standpoint, I don't think that that necessarily affects the facts. I don't think that affects the message of what you're doing, but hopefully it allows it to be more engaging because if there's some aspect of the story that the viewer finds more interesting and they can delve deeper into that because they choose to and the technology allows them to go in that direction, I think that that'll only draw them deeper into the story. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah, fingers crossed, right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be really cool. It's really dependent, I guess, on what the general public thinks of it. Right. If the majority of people don't buy VR technology, it's, I guess it's not worth our time as journalists to really worry about it, right? Yeah, and another challenge that I see is that you don't know what the technology is that your audience is going to be using. Mm. So... Ideally, you're, you're making your content for people with full headsets who can really get the optimal experience. And depending on, on how immersive you want it to be or need it to be, you know, you could, you could dial it back a little bit. But that's sort of the, the key person that you're designing for or, or targeting. But it could be just someone looking at a cell phone that as they move it around, the accelerometer moves the picture for them. Or it could be somebody sitting at a computer clicking and dragging in a small square that really doesn't give them that immersive experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so not really knowing exactly who the person is that, that you're doing this for and how they're going to experience it, it, it has to change your approach. So that, that's definitely, definitely a challenge. But as far as people buying the, the gear... Hopefully there'll be there'll be a turning point where the technology is fast enough and lightweight enough that it, it's not it doesn't feel like you're wearing thirty pounds on your head. Right. But also that it becomes inexpensive enough that the majority of people can get it. I, I think that's something that was pretty great about Google Cardboard yeah. was you know you take a a few pennies worth of cardboard or, you know, they might sell it for a dollar or two and suddenly people have their own VR headset. Right. Um, there's cases for your phone that flip out into VR viewers. So there's inexpensive ways of getting there. They're not going to be top of the line, but I don't think that it always has to be top of the line. Yeah. So do you think that those like maybe less expensive alternatives like Google Cardboard will become like better quality and so that's what we'll end up using more i don't i don't know if i can see people just walking around you know with with google cardboards on their heads i don't, I don't know if it's something where people are going to be walking around with it i think you know you walk through campus here and you see people sitting in in the hallways you know on benches and they're looking at their phone right it's not that different if you're sitting down and in a space where you're comfortable to watch something it's not something like texting where you're necessarily going to be walking and, and texting with one hand, uh, you're not going to be doing some augmented reality. Well, you could. I mean, Pokemon Go was, was a good example of that, that right. people would walk around and do that, and that caught on really well. But as far as sort of the journalistic side and storytelling, 
in an immersive environment as far as news is concerned. Um, I think that's something where people still need to take the time to really engage with it instead of just trying to fit it into a time where they're getting from A to B. So do you think, you brought up augmented reality. Do you think augmented reality may be easier to integrate into our daily lives than than virtual reality would be just because you can still see your surroundings? So I think the the trade-off is augmented reality may catch on more and integrate more seamlessly mm -hmm. than virtual reality, but it's harder to do. Mm -hmm. um, you mean on the tech end? Of on, 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 the, on the creation side. Yeah. And I think the, the tools are going to get easier, but it's still a more technical process. Mm -hmm. at, at its most raw, at its most basic, you can take a 360 camera put it down somewhere, capture something, and you have, you have a VR video. To do something with augmented reality, you need some sort of programming background at this point, at least on a minimal level. You need some sort of concept of, of graphics and exactly how they work. You need to really understand 3D space. You're going to have times when things attach to the wrong target and it, it's just everything is going to look wrong. And so, again, the tools will get better. It'll be more intuitive, but that could be farther along. But as, as we sit here today, there's virtually no barrier to entry to create virtual reality. In a, in a 360 video, you can shoot something, it'll stitch everything together for you, and you have something. But it's not as plug-and-play for, for augmented reality. So... Augmented reality may catch on more with the audiences, but you're going to have less content coming for at least quite some time. Right. That explains why there's only been Pokemon Go, really. Whenever, whenever people talk about AR, it's like, oh yeah, Pokemon Go. The question in my head was, you know, when that came out and when it was so popular was, why aren't all these big companies coming out with games and apps like this? And it's probably because you know, the reason that you just said, it's, yeah. it's hard. And, and there's, there's other things, and I find uh, AR to be pretty interesting, the diverse markets that are, that are trying to get into the AR space. So I think Amazon is doing things where you can point your phone at your, you know, your living room and, and place furniture there to see mm -hmm. if you want to buy it. There's clothing lines and clothing retailers that, that let you sort of virtually try on different, different outfits. Mm -hmm. There's definitely something in the, the retail space where a, an AR tool is going to really entice the customers to, to engage with them. It's exciting to do. It's fun to do. But I think that there are so many more uses for AR on the media side. I think we're just barely starting to scratch the surface. Awesome. Well, that's all the questions I have for you today. Is there anything else you'd like to add or talk about before we wrap up here? Not that I can think of. No? Yeah. Cool. Well, great. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Penn State Conversations. For more information about the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications, including the latest news and upcoming events, visit belisario.psu.edu or find us on social media at PSU Belisario on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.